This is Know It All, the ABCs of Education, a platform of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC, where we empower our listeners with insightful information about equity in education. Welcome to Know It All, the ABCs of Education, the very first episode of 2014. And fittingly, today we're talking about money, how students can create a new beginning for themselves through scholarships for educational opportunities. A quick reminder that you can listen to Know It All, the ABCs of Education, every Tuesday morning at 10 Eastern or at any time from your computer at blogtalkradio.com slash know-it-all, where you can also access the chat room during the show and follow Know-It-All for regular updates. I am your host, Allison R. Brown, president of Allison Brown Consulting, ABC, where we create education equity plans and promote equity in education in compliance with federal civil rights law. Our website is allisonbrownconsulting.com. There you can read our blog and subscribe to the ABC Know-It-All newsletter. If you're tweeting, follow me at Allison R. Brown and tweet about the show with the hashtag KnowItAllABC. We are talking today about scholarships as a tool for educational equity. We've heard a lot about college and career readiness at the K-12 level. The idea is that we want to prepare our students in kindergarten through 12th grade to succeed in college and beyond. Being academically prepared is the focus of this effort, but Little of that conversation has focused on the costs of college, higher education, and other educational opportunities necessary to ensure college and career readiness. There is a 2011 Harvard study called Pathways to Prosperity that found that only 56% of students who enter colleges and universities in this country graduate within six years. Only 29% of students who enter two-year colleges and universities finish within three years. The United States finished last in the world for the percentage of students who finished college after starting. The U.S. finished behind such countries as Japan, Slovakia, Poland, and 14 other countries studied. Money, or lack of it, was a primary reason for students to drop out of college. Between 1980 and 2010, the tuition costs at four-year private colleges and universities tripled. And in 2010, student loan debt exceeded credit card debt for the first time in history in America surpassed $1 trillion in 2011. So it is impossible to speak about equity in education without talking about access to money to complete an education. Today we're going to have that conversation and I am so pleased to introduce my guests, Nikichi Taifa and Felicia Hatcher. Nikichi is the founder of ScholarGift, a crowdfunding platform for educational opportunities. Felicia is the co-owner of Feverish Ice Cream and Gourmet Pops in Florida. She is also the author of the C Student's Guide to Scholarships, and she is widely regarded as the scholarship guru. Both Nikichi and Felicia are entrepreneurs. Nikichi, I wonder if you would start by telling us, what is ScholarGift? Uh, thank you so very much, Allison, and thank you very much for inviting me to uh, your uh, radio show, the ABCs of Education. Um, basically, Scholar Gifts is a new and an exciting way to help fund educational needs. It provides a crowdfunding platform specifically targeted as the perfect online vehicle for family, friends, 
teachers, mentors, coworkers, neighbors, and even complete strangers to donate monetary gifts for scholarly purposes in exchange for what we call customized appreciation rewards and the satisfaction of investing in lifelong learning. I will say, um, Allison, that a year ago I had never even heard of the concept of crowdfunding, okay? But last spring my college-aged daughter asked me to pay for her dream study abroad trip. Now, she already was attending college at, at the time when she began um, a year and a half ago, the most expensive college in the country. So when she asked for additional money for a study abroad, which was not part of the uh, curriculum, I bought. I'm qualified for need-based um, assistance. I happen to be a lawyer. Already borrowing from Peter, Paul, and Mary to foot that college tuition, um, I said, with tough love, sweetie, you're on your own. you got to figure out a way to raise it yourself. I just got to say, never, ever, ever underestimate a college student <laughs> with a dream. Seemingly magical, Allison, and in less than 30 days, my daughter successfully raised over $3,000 over the Internet, all from small financial gifts from family, from friends, uh, even complete strangers. And she did it via a crowdfunding platform. That was the inspiration that gave rise to Scholar Gifts. The concept is a little bit from a lot of people can make a huge difference. And these crowdfunding platforms provide the vehicle wherein a lot of people can donate a little bit of money towards a goal and help an individual be successful. I chose the educational realm as the, um, uh, as the area wherein uh, I wanted the crowdfunding platform that I helped to create uh, to go. So ScholarGift specifically helps those who have a – learning need or educational need or anything that, um, that they wish to pursue in the, in the scholarly realm to be able to raise funds over the Internet for. That, it, it, it is outstanding. Um, and I'd love to hear from you, Felicia. I love your, your website, FeliciaHatcher.com. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, um, I think you, you bring a, a real level of, of energy and fun to what is really a, a serious topic. You know, when we think of scholarships and free money, we always tend to think of the A student. Why should we also be thinking of C students? Yeah, I mean, we should be thinking about B students, C students, D students, and F students. Um, you know, I like to tell the students and the parents that I work with that you're not a walking GPA. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I – Tell people I majored in the two Bs, boys and basketball, and as a result, my grades <laughs> suffered. So, you know, by the end of my freshman year, my GPA had dropped down to a 2.1. And when you get to that point, that's when people start to have conversations like, hey, this person needs to be enrolled in dropout prevention classes, or they start talking to you about what you should be doing outside of high school to just try to prepare you for, for a minimal life. And I think we, you know, our education system, unfortunately, is set up to give up on our students way too soon. And, you know, you can go to college. You can get scholarships. 
with less than the average grade or average grade, but it's really about changing the conversation that, the, that you have with the students and then also helping the students to get the confidence to let them know that they're not a walking GPA. You know, um, Nikichi, one of the, the Scholar Gifts campaigns that you have on the scholargifts.com website is for Yao Lydia, who is trying to return to his education at Florida A&M University. And this makes me think, Felicia, you know, of the you know, other distractions um, that he, Yao has lost his father in high school. And uh, once he started college, he lost his uncle and cousins and grandmother. He's going through a lot. And in his grief, he was not able to continue at Florida A&M, and he is trying to get back there now. But he owes almost $7,000 before he can even complete his college education anywhere. So in his aspiration to be a business owner and carry on the activist legacy of his father, he's really struggling to get back into school. This is an incredibly compelling story. And there are others there on the, the Scholar Gifts website. Why is Yao's story important, Nikichi, in thinking about educational opportunity for all students? Well, Yao's story is particularly important because he's a young black man. And this is a young black man who has never been involved with the criminal justice system, a young black man who has been experiencing post-traumatic stress as a result of, as you said, the loss of his, um, of his father and other close family members, but a young black man who very much wants to continue his education, but he has to pay back um, uh, you know, some of those loans. He had to leave school. So he needs an infusion of money in a short period of time in order to help accomplish that. That's why he posted a campaign on scholargifts.com. I really would like him to also know about Felicia's uh, campaign in terms of scholarships for C students. When Yao was in high school, he made all A's. But once he got to college, as a result of the stress and the like, his grades began to uh, drop. So as a result, he's not um, um, eligible for many of the scholarships out there for the A students and for the B students. So there are not many resources at the disposal of someone like Yao. Hence, we have scholar gifts where there's no essay required, there's no looking at grades, there's no um, recommendations. All that is needed is the uh, uh, desire to succeed and the ability to tell one's story in a way that will inspire others to uh, contribute. Scholarships for C students, it's another avenue. There's not just one um, arena that will help students, uh, that will achieve, that will serve to close that equity gap, but a number of them fused together will, um, will bring ultimate success. I, and I definitely agree, and I think that's the beauty of the time that we live in right now with the technology and with the fact that our students can now tap into their social network and not just chat with them, but actually, you know, use those and leverage that in order to raise money for their education, in order to get their stories out there. And, um, you know, I think that's the part that's just so important because just like Yao's story, and he's now in college, there's so many students that are still in high school that have similar stories but don't understand that if they just open up and tell those stories to scholarship committees, tell those stories to their teachers and their counselors, that that could mean a scholarship to them. Because at the end of the day, all student college organizations and all colleges see is a, is a 
a letter grade. And if you don't really tell them, this is why I had this bump in the road, this is why my, my grades have, have fallen, uh, but I'm trying to do something better. I'm trying to, I want to be able to give back to my society and that education, that college education is going to get me there. If you don't craft that story and share that story, then they don't know. And so, and the, the beauty of scholarship organizations, like I tell kids, when they, they want to give this money away. They're not trying to hold on to it. They're not building interest on it. They want to give it away. Um, and they want to give it away to someone that is going to eventually be able to give back themselves. And they want to invest in these students so that they can be able to get the education and have a future, but you have to share your story. You know, I, I think you both have made um, really interconnected points here. One is about the opportunity gap, and the other is about universities having the ability to select their student population and, um, and, and select their, essentially their alumni population. Um, and, you know, we hear often about the achievement gap, but there really is an opportunity gap, especially in terms of educational equity, for students in under-resourced communities and neighborhoods and um, low-income students and students of color and, you know, thinking about universities and colleges having the opportunity to choose who they want in their um, student population. You know, this has been litigated at, at the highest levels. The Supreme Court has heard cases, the affirmative action education cases, the Fisher case uh, was, was argued this summer in the Supreme Court. Um, and there is this idea, this notion that, that universities really should be able to say, who, this story is compelling to me and this is who I want to represent the university when they're a student and after. Um, so, you know, telling their story is really crucial, Felicia. And how, how, what are some other tips for C students and other, um, you know, non-traditional students as they think about applying for some of these scholarship opportunities? Oh, I, one of the biggest tips, um, aside from harnessing social media and using things like social, um, scholar gifts, is also tapping into what their, their talents are um, and looking at applications in a different way. So a lot of times students just think, all right, I don't have the grades. There's nothing for me. I'm not even going to try. But usually when their grades are suffering, they're their focus and their attention is usually in another direction. And for me, you know, I went from being a C student to winning over $100,000 in scholarships, and I had a guidance counselor told, tell me that I'd never make it to college if a student did not help me. And I started to realize, like, hey, I was horrible in math, and that's a lot of the reason why my GPA was suffering, but I was really good in, in English, and I loved to write. And realizing how turn that into something that became marketable for scholarship committees became very beneficial to me. So again, with students, you know, if you're, you're, very, you're into dance, look for those opportunities. Look for organizations that you could join that are going to give you a scholarship advantage that you wouldn't have if you weren't a part of that organization. A network like crazy. You know, I had a student that I worked with that he filled out applications. He didn't have a lot of success, but what he started to do was he started to write letters uh, to all the, the businesses in his city. And he would ask him, hey, could you actually sponsor me as a student, which was a different way of looking at the whole scholarship opportunity. Sponsor me as a student, could you pay for my book? Could you pay for a semester? And he was able to actually piece together an entire full-ride scholarship to go to a community college by just getting these small businesses 
because a lot of times they want to do something. They don't have actual foundations or full scholarship programs that they fill out, but they can sponsor a student for your books for a semester. And if you do good and you report back to them, they'll pay for the following semester. You can piece together your own opportunity and piece together your money and essentially offline crowdfunding like those scholarships does. And Nikichi, it's not just college and, and university or higher education. We're talking about educational opportunity at every level. So, you know, Scholar Gifts supports educational opportunity, crowdfunding opportunities for, um, you know, not just college tuition, but for other opportunities as well. Will you will you talk about that? Oh yes, absolutely. Our campaign categories. Um, also include after-school programs, artistic and music programs, books and materials, class trips, um, uh, you know, tuition, uh, you know, college conferences and workshops, um, exam prep, license fees, um, fiscal and fitness education, research and skill development, uh, scholarship, science projects, study abroad, summer and other camps, training programs. There's a wide variety of um, of categories that are related to education or learning experience that uh, people are eligible to post campaigns. We just launched uh, about a month ago. We're very new, embryonic. Right now there are seven um, campaigns on Scholar Gifts, ranging from a couple dealing with tuition for college, um, one dealing with um, instruments, um, this uh, expert violinist, at the Berkeley School of Music, we have um, a, 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 a campaign dealing with um, scholarships for an archaeological dig in uh, Egypt. Um, uh, I mean, there's just a number of different uh, aspects. We have a, a, a Lou Gehrig's um, disease educational campaign. Um, a person who is challenged by that illness. Um, has a campaign seeking educational awareness about that. And the list goes on. So we really encourage people to go to the website, um, scholargifts.com, uh, um, consider donating to one of the campaigns there, or consider starting your own campaign. It is totally free to post a campaign on uh, Scholar Gifts. And think about what type of appreciation awards um, you might want to give to your uh, gifters, whether it's a tour to campus, whether it's an academic update each semester, whether it's pictures from study abroad, um, whether it's a virtual hug and kiss. You know, this is usually something that can be given as an incentive or as a thank you for um, gifters who contribute. So, Felicia, your story is, very unique, I think. You were a C student and raised over $100,000 in scholarship money for college, which I think is tremendous. Mm -hmm. For those students who say, you know what, it's, it's not worth it. I'm, I'm not going to put in the, the sweat equity necessary to get this scholarship money. I'll just I'll take out loans and do what I can to try to, you know, cobble together some funding um, and get kind of the bare minimum college education, what do you say to them? You know, it's, it's really unfortunate that that does happen. And, again, it, it goes back to getting students confident enough to know that they deserve 
the money and the opportunities that are available to them. You know, it, it, it's easy to say, you know what, I'll, I'll take out a loan, but it can become very costly not just to the student but to, to their entire family. You know, I had, I worked with a family who the, their son, um, mom's son was in the, the exact same situation. He kind of went through high school, finished, did what he had to do, graduated, and then had to take out loans, and that's when it really hit him. And um, he got so far into debt that his mom had to refinance her home in order to take out a student loan, to, take out, to get the money in order for him to finish college. Well, this is in 2008, and we know what happened in 2008 to a lot of people. Uh, they lost their jobs. So not only did his mom refinance her home because, it, you know, he knew what he was supposed to do in high school, but then she ended up losing her job. And because she couldn't, she lost a job, she couldn't afford funding for him, and not, he had to end up dropping out of school. So they dropped out of school, and they ended up homeless. Why? Because he didn't do what he was supposed to do when the opportunities were available to them, him back then. And I often tell students, like, the amount of scholarship opportunities that are available to you as a high school senior, you don't see those opportunities again when you get to college for two reasons. One is because more opportunities and more opportunities are geared towards high school seniors and getting them into college. But then the other side of that is all of a sudden all these 18-year-olds wake up and, like, oh, my gosh, really, I really do have to pay for school. I have to pay for books. I have to pay for athletic fees, technology fees. I have to pay for room and board. And so they, become, they start to become serious about the scholarship search. So you have all this pool of students who weren't serious back then. They're serious now coupled with the fact that you don't have as many opportunities. So your only choice are to take out loans, but you could do something about that. The money is definitely there, uh, but it's not going to fall in their lap. You know, it's like the lotto. If you never play the lotto, you never expect to win. And same thing with the scholarship process. But it, it can be very easy. You know, it can be very easy if you just dedicate yourself. And, and what I like to say is I think the whole family should be involved because, it is a lot of responsibility to put on a 17-year-old, 18-year-old that just doesn't have the foresight to understand that how important it is. Because if the whole family isn't involved in making sure that they're picking up the applications, making sure that they're having their appropriate meetings, their guidance counselors, they're getting recommendations, letters, and they're actually filling the applications out, when they get to college and the parents have to now take out parent plus loans and have to refinance their houses or move around bills in order to pay for them to go to college, then it becomes a burden on the whole entire family. So I think all families should be involved in the entire scholarship process and the financial aid process of their children. Now, what I appreciate about what you both are doing is that you really are, are um, leveling the playing field or trying to level the playing field in every way. So, you know, not just talking about access to college, which is important, but talking about, you know, the money to get there and the money to allow students to stay in college. Um, and, you know, Nikichi Scholar Gifts is focused on, you know, you're, you're essentially redefining educational opportunity with not just success at college, but, you know, you need educational opportunity as um, as a student, a K-12 student in summer camp and, you know, exploring summer camp options. And, and you know, we both live in Washington, D.C., where summer camp is a, a whole new culture and it's very expensive. You know, the, the best opportunities can be very expensive. And so it is those opportunities that will make sure that students are successful in, in other areas of life, including college. 
Um, can you just talk about, Nikichi, how you are, are defining educational opportunity for purposes of scholar use? Um, yes, we define it really as a learning experience, and it's not just young people. Anyone at whatever age, whatever race, um, whatever they're trying to develop, if they have a learning need, they can use scholar gifts as a vehicle towards uh, uh, towards that end. Well, let's just take students, uh, for example. Um, so you've gone through the scholarship process. You've applied for the scholarships. You've been successful, like Felicia might have raised those $100,000 worth of um, scholarships, but there still is a need. I know that college my daughter was going to um, cost over $60,000 a year. So that, that $100,000 might have put it a, a, a year and maybe a year and a half. So there's still three more years left. What do you do? Well, there, of course, you can apply for more scholarships, or you can use scholar gifts or some similar platform um, um, as a vehicle to help um, close that gap, you know, shall we say. And with scholar gifts, there's a crowd of people who help someone with a learning need succeed um, in whatever area, whether it's academics or enrichment, research and study, or training and licensing, or any other education um, of related goal. You know, interestingly, even um, President Obama has essentially given the thumbs up to this type of um, fundraising, or at least a seal of approval. Just last year, the president signed the Jumpstart Our Business Startups Act, um, uh, which lets businesses raise funds in small increments for many investors. That's the essence of crowdfunding. It's the essence of what we're talking about with scholar gifts. And the president called this type of fundraising a potential game changer. So I'm saying that scholar gifts is a potential game changer for educational um, funding. And it's just the type of innovative strategy that millions of families need to help fill that gap between soaring tuition costs whether it's college tuition, whether it's summer camp tuition, whether it's private school, whether it's dance lessons, whatever it is, it's the, the, the price is soaring. To fill that gap between that and um, uh, what you're able to provide through other um, sources, it's talking about leveraging small gifts into a big impact, helping to fund diverse uh, educational needs. So, um, Felicia, you know, one of the ways that I think you are um, really addressing the need in an alternative way is what you mentioned earlier, the, the student you were working with who approached local businesses to say, sponsor me. Um, what other alternative strategies are there for, for any student to consider, ABCDS student to consider in, um, in you know, where they can tell their story and how they can have access to money to go to college. Well, you know, um, again, I praise social media so much because it just, I, I built a business off of it. You know, my, my gourmet profit is in Miami. I could easily say if Facebook, Twitter didn't exist, my business wouldn't exist. And the same thing as the opportunities for students. You know, you have the crowdfunding platforms now, but then a lot of scholarship organizations are 
going towards social media to promote their applications and, and the, their foundations and the fact that they're giving away scholarships and grants because they, again, are looking for ways to tap into students. Even now, as we have so many students and the, the amount of loans that students are taking out, you still have scholarship organizations that cannot find students to give them money to because no one is applying for scholarships. So they're using social media in order to get the word out there about their scholarships. And I often tell students, hey, you go on Twitter, you go into the search bar, just like you would search for a tweet about Beyonce's new album coming out and you didn't promote it, the same way you would go on there and, and type in scholarship plus the city that you're in, a scholarship plus the state, or scholarship plus your race, or scholarship plus PDF, and you'll start to see links to organizations that are promoting their scholarship opportunities on Twitter. You can do the same thing on Facebook, same thing through a lot of popular um, social media outlets. Believe it or not, there are organizations that are promoting their um, opportunities on Instagram and Pinterest, which I think is really cool because those aren't things that you would normally expect. But the opportunities are out there, and the students are using the technology. You know, we don't have the same digital divide that we used to have. They do have the access to it now. So now it's really channeling them to use the, um, use the technology that they have in their hands and have access to in a, more, in a way that can actually benefit them, as either from creating the technology or just leveraging it in, in order to find a scholarship opportunity. I wonder, you know, thinking, speaking about the, the digital divide and thinking about um, access to technology and social media, um, you know, for both of you, for, you know, scholar gifts and scholarship opportunities for, um, for C students and other students who wouldn't typically be on the radar for scholarship opportunities, how do you um, address access issues and, and where there is a digital divide, for, especially as you, you know, Felicia, as you talk about full family involvement in the scholarship search, how do you overcome um, barriers to access that are digital so where there, aren't, there is an access to um, computer technology or social media? What are your thoughts about how we, how we overcome that? Nikichi, how, how do you do that for Scholar Gifts? Uh, yeah, that's a great point, um, Allison. I want to just give one example. One of the campaigns on Scholar Gifts is an organization called the Black Student Fund, BC, B, BSF, um, which um, uh, basically assists um, uh, people of color families in independent schools and private schools in Washington, D.C., and helping the, them to succeed. They go into uh, those schools, okay? A lot of times there is a digital um, uh, divide, but they do a hands-on approach and make sure that um, all of the students are familiar with the various scholarship opportunities out there. They provide hands-on uh, a workshop. They provide uh, incentives for students to uh, go and apply for uh, the scholarships, and they are seeking funds to raise more money themselves for scholarships for these students as well. So it's just not one approach will, will do it. With social media, absolutely, most of the young people are involved or into it. But if you don't have the tools, if you don't have the computer, if you don't have the Internet access to um, uh, be able to access the social media, you're back at uh, square one. So it takes a lot of different um, um, uh, ways 
to be able to reach the students, whether it's going into the schools, speaking to the counselors, um, um, being available there on parent night, posting postcards up on the bulletin board in the uh, grocery store, not just relying on one um, um, venue, but a lot of different uh, venues to get the information out, to get the word out. And lastly, most importantly, these things spread through word of mouth. Word of mouth, that's, that, you know, when something is successful, the good news spreads. And then somebody else wants to try and say, what, you were able to raise $3,000 in less than 30 days without an application or a recommendation without anyone looking at your grades? Let me hear more about that. So that's how this information spreads. That's why we want as many people as possible um, to visit the website and contribute to campaigns so that they will, in fact, be successful so that students will be able uh, to, to use it as a model and a guide. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree. Um, touch points are really important, and that's what I like to talk with a lot of the students that I work with, because some of them have the technology at home, some of them don't. But, um, you know, for, for me, it's always one of the biggest things is working with teenagers is dispelling the, the excuses that a lot of times that they bring back to you as to why they can't do something or why they, 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 they haven't done something. And the touch points of the technology, the touch points of the access to the information, because the information is there. The organizations are there. Now it's a matter of making sure that they understand that they deserve those opportunities and, once they, and, and showing them what the opportunity really is. Because sometimes you can say, hey, the scholarship money is there, but they really can't envision themselves winning it, so they don't understand even the context of the opportunity that is presented to them. So if they don't have the technology at, of, at home, a lot of times they have the time, they have the technology in their, in their school. Um, some schools, of course, have better resources than others, but then it's there. So showing them how to best optimize the time that they have to really focus on finding the money and finding the opportunities in order to win the scholarship, that's what, that's what mostly I focus on. If they don't have the, the, the technology opportunities in their, in their schools, then maybe it's an opportunity where you can, you can find it on your, at your college, I'm sorry, at your, uh, at your church or your place of worship or going to the local library. Um, but there's so many different ways for them to get in order to use the computers, in order to find the information. But a lot of times from my experience is working with the kids who say, hey, enough of the excuses, now it's really time to focus because this decision of whether or not you look for scholarships not only depends on you, but a lot of times for the students that I work with, it depends on their family is depending on it as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think the, the – point that you just made that, you know, they, letting them know that they deserve these opportunities is important. Um, you know, you are both business owners, you are both entrepreneurs, and you are both, therefore, I think, models in that respect and letting students know that they deserve opportunities such as the ones that you both have been able to attain in your lives is, is critically important. How does being entrepreneur tie-in, being an entrepreneur tie-in here to this conversation? How, how have you been able to really access um, the, the, the resources and opportunities that are out there for you as business owners because of the chances that you've had in your lives? Felicia? Yeah, I, I honestly, if I would have never gone through the scholarship um, journey that I went through when I was in high school, I'm not sure if I would have ever 
um, harness the skills to become an entrepreneur. You know, to be entrepreneurial is to find opportunities where most people don't see those opportunities. And that was my scholarship story. You know, I was constantly told that I didn't have the grade to go to college. My guidance counselor told me I didn't have the grade to go to college. My mom, on the other hand, told me, you better go to college and you've got to figure it out. So that resourcefulness of, of, all right, trying to piece together bits and pieces from here, not really understanding it, but throwing things up against the wall and seeing what sits and filling out applications and getting rejection but continuing to go because you feel like something is going to happen. Um, understanding how to market myself at 17 and 18 years old and understand that, hey, all I need to do is get judges to focus less attention on my grades and focus all their attention on all the other things that I was doing. I was in community service. I was playing sports. I was active in organizations on my campus. I just need them to focus on this. Plus, I want a fresh start. College was that fresh start, and I was going to do remarkable things, but I need the money to get there. And those are the same the same characteristics of what makes a good entrepreneur. I started my first business when I was 19 years old, and it was an educational consulting company. I built college prep programs for organizations like the Urban League and DeVry University who wanted to have uh, outreach programs to, to target students that were just like me, but that just needed a little bit of more help to get there and find the funding. Um, you know, a few years later, I started a gourmet popsicle company, and we were honored at the White House for being one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 30. But all of that came from my scholarship journey and, and understanding how things work, but then also questioning everything. And that's what I stress with these students. You know, question every single thing, because just because people say it one way, that A students are the only ones that go to college and get scholarships, you question why is that? and say, why can't I do the exact same thing? And sure, it, it, you may have to work a little bit harder, but the opportunity and the possibility is definitely there. Yes, and I agree. Uh, entrepreneurship, I, I actually see myself as a visionary. I see a societal need, and I try to do what I can do to help fulfill it. Uh, when my daughter was applying to um, colleges, and we're talking about someone who wasn't a C student. She wasn't, but her um, uh, uh, standardized test scores were more on the C student level, shall we say. So it, it was, you know, it was, it was difficult, and it took a lot of time, and it was a lot of red tape, and it was a lot of hassle. But she was able to piece together a little bit here, a little bit there, but nowhere near, nowhere near what the true cost of today's tuition is. So it really got me to thinking, if I am struggling having this many problems, these many problems, sending my daughter to college, and I'm a professional who makes an extremely good salary, what are the types of problems that other people who might not be professional, who might not be making the salary that I make, but don't, that the students don't necessarily have the standardized test scores or whatever to be able to garner the, the type of, um, uh, of, of assistance for college that's necessary without going into 100% debt. So that's really how Scholar Gifts was born, as a visionary, seeing a problem, helping to solve a financial, uh, a, a societal need and hoping that others will be able to be inspired to raise money in the way my daughter did to help 
uh, uh, close that gap between the little bit that they might have gotten from scholarships and what the actual need is out there ultimately. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I um, really admire the way that you both have, are, are helping to redefine society's expectations of who deserves these opportunities um, and really helping to redefine our mindset when it comes to who should be able to have these educational experiences at the K-12 level, who should be able to have these experiences and in college and, and access to free money for college. Um, and, and the way that you both have done that is, is tremendous. Um, Felicia, will you just talk, you know, give us maybe a last word about the importance of us as a society rethinking who we, we believe deserves access to these opportunities? Yeah, you know, everyone deserves access to, to opportunities. And you, you really have to look at it as, you know, it's about access and it's about resources and it's about opportunities. That is above anything that our most impoverished areas of of our society. That's what they need. You know, it's uh, like the famous what story goes: you can lead a fish to, you know, you can teach someone how to. You can either give them a fish or you can teach them how to fish. You know, and and it it just re it continues the the cycle of them being able to not only help themselves but to help really build generational wealth for their family. And that's what we need. You know. Our students are, are competing on a global level, no longer competing with the person that's sitting to the left and the right to them. And unfortunately, there's so many disparities in the education that our, that our kids are getting, but they, they need the, the basic, above basic resources right now in order to just compete and, and get jobs that they can actually do something. Uh, you know, that's the reason with us down here in Miami, while we coupled all the work that we were doing from an educational point with the students and scholarships, but then also teaching them entrepreneurship um, and technology so that they can become self-sustainable and they can actually create opportunities for themselves because the opportunities are no longer available to them. You know, here in in Broward County, uh, we have a youth unemployment rate of 31%. You know, Mm -hmm. in the height of the past few years, the the highest, the the adult national average was about, what, 9 to 10%. So our students cannot find jobs, and they cannot find basic jobs. And so they need to be able to really build a world and build, a, build resources for themselves and create their own opportunities. And unfortunately, our education system doesn't, wasn't never built for that mission of teaching them how to be um, self-sufficient um, and, and grow their own things and create their own technologies and create their own ways of, of being able to make money um, you know, from my, my opinion, that's even the same reason why we had such a huge uh, unemployment rate for students that were graduating college, because they're not taught how to make money themselves off of the degrees that they have. And so we really need to shift um, our entire educational system and the importance of working with, with every, every single person in our, in, our, in our community in order to make them better and truly equip them with the skills in order to become uh, viable resources in, in, in our community. Well, sadly, we have run out of time. My guests have been Nikichi Taifa, who is the founder of Scholar Gifts, 
a crowdfunding platform for educational opportunities, and Felicia Hatcher, the owner of Feverish Ice Cream and Gourmet Pops in Miami. She is also the author of The C Student's Guide to Scholarships and is widely regarded as the scholarship guru. I want to thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. Thank you so much, Allison. Yes, thank you. Audience, you are now officially certified know-it-alls about scholarships as tools for equity in education. Remember to follow Know-It-All, the ABCs of Education on Blog Talk Radio. Follow me at Allison R. Brown on Twitter. Find ABC on Facebook and read my blog at allisonbrownconsulting.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week.